witticism. Colloquialism. Segway. You're such an egotist. Yes. By the way, guys, I'm really humble. Well, how do you do? Now when you get for free. Oh, God, it's awful. Bad Philosophy, episode 152, recorded on May 4th, 2014. Help me, Internet. Hey, it's bad philosophy. So it is. <laughs> hey, Kevin. Yeah? May the 4th be with you. And also with you. Yay. It's Star Wars Day. It is. And we're going to talk about that here on the show. Apparently we are, because uh, Star Wars Day, you know, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about it? Yeah. Um, so, Kevin, I'm, I'm sure the viewers would love to see you and not a bunch of strange creatures getting splayed. Give me a sec. Give me a exploded. sec. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Fine. Um, no, it's it's Binding of Isaac, man. It's a it's, uh, Isaac. it's a great little game. Oh, I have no idea how how well it's uh, actually screening. Mm, yeah, pretty um, well. Pretty well. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, um, I no, I, I want to play. I think I've said this before um, when I was playing Spelunky at the beginning of the last episode mm-hmm. that like I'd like to have a, a a Twitch channel or something just in my spare time. Like I'm terrible at Spelunky or. I don't know how to play games and play all the games that I, I enjoy but I'm terrible at, like Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just haven't put in the effort to do it because I'm lazy. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, so, that's a I mean, perfectly like I already, acceptable I already yeah. put a fair amount of time into playing video games. So, like, putting the extra amount of time into playing video games on the internet so people can watch me. Mm. Uh, is is trickier. Although I'm I'm strongly considering picking up uh, Payday Two next time it goes on sale. That's sort of my next mm. game purchase. I've right. been looking for some co-op action, and uh, it's got co-op bank heist action, which is cool. Because you can uh, you can steal bank you can steal money from banks with your friends. Yes, yes, and usually it goes terribly awry. Mm. Um, hey, look, well, kid. cool. Um, yeah. So so. Where should we begin? Uh, so you sent you sent a, an article that was a, a long interview with J.J. Abrams. Yeah, from, which I didn't uh, actually read before I posted it. Um, I uh, read it afterwards, and it was much less interesting than I thought it was. Yeah, um, I mean, and it's also from last year. So yes. he's all it's all like super. Hey, Star Trek in the darkness. Secret. He's Star Trek in the darkness, and Star Trek in the darkness. But darkness, I think that's an interesting darkness. thing because um, this is the first time. Where you've had such a massive crossover, not crossover, yeah, crossover maybe, mm-hmm. um, but like someone who is such a creative force in, in one reboot jumping ship to what some consider to be like the, the uh, evil ex of fandom's brother, like hmm. one of those sorts of things, like jumping ship from Star Trek to Star Wars. Um, and like in the, in the interview I posted, he's very caged. He's like, Oh, I'll still be involved in Star Trek. Probably. I don't know. It's hard to say. Hmm. Although he's, he's not, like, is he maybe a producer <laughs> at do, best. Do um, you think is that, is that because the Star Wars franchise has a lot more money to give him than, than probably. The <laughs> um, like, I mean, there's no, there's no denying that the last two Star Trek movies were unqualified successes. Like they mm-hmm. did really well at the box office and that's really all that counts. All my, my little fan issues aside, of which I have many, um, mm-hmm. particularly with Into Darkness, it's still a fun action-y romp uh, mm-hmm. that made lots of money. Um, but Star Wars will make more. Mm. And there's three of them already out of the box. 
Um, and it and that kind of points to something that has bugged me for a long time, being like since like fifth grade when this was an actual question that I cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, being a Star Trek fan first, like I like Star Wars, um, but I'm definitely a, a Trekkie. Mm-hmm. I am not a uh, Warzy. Yeah, is that Which it's worth that? That's mm-hmm. is that the, is that the term? Is that the proper term? They don't have a term, and that and that goes to a point I want to oh. I want to make. Like there's not like there's there's people have tried and like uh, Jedi Masters or uh, derogatorily like Star Wars, oh. but um, there's never been sort of a self-adopted name like like Trekkies or to a lesser extent Trekkers mm-hmm. or Browncoats or whatever the Stargate fans call themselves. <laughs> well, what, what so the the, the Trekker Trekker Trekkie thing just real briefly? Which, which one mm-hmm. is more? Acceptable. Um, Trekkie was seen as very derogatory for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like, oh, what a bunch of Trekkies. Like, it was slang for just nerds in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Trekker kind of was brought up by those who were proud of it. Um, sort of an attempt to kind of take it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I've always called myself a Trekkie, so I'm sticking with that. Hi, Felicity. Mm-hmm. Um, Giddy. So I, I consider myself a, yeah, that's a, that's a light bulb. Don't lick it. <laughs> Um, I consider myself a Trekkie. Um, there are definitely those who consider themselves Trekkers mm-hmm. instead. Um, to which I say, you know what? Call yourself whatever you want. It's cool. But that's that's sort of where the divide comes from. But and the I fact that, that, that Star Wars people recognized. don't call themselves anything. I mean, it, it's that's okay, that's, that's I because guess. I mean, Star a, Wars, a Star Wars fan not... is a, a citizen of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nobody, there's nobody who's like... Oh, Star Wars! What's all that about? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm, I'm not into that whole thing. Whereas I think you do get that with Star Trek in a different sort of a way. Mm-hmm. Um, is, 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 does that just speak to the the purported universal universality universality of the Star Wars narrative? Like, is is it just? I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it to you that way. Yeah. Um, because I don't like using the word universality. Mm-hmm. But. You look at, at the first iteration of Star Trek, Star Trek, the TV show, mm-hmm. the original series, Wagon Train to the Stars, as it was called by Gene Roddenberry, um, which was successful, it lasted three seasons, although it had to be brought back by one of the first fan campaigns for the third season. Wow. Um, I, did, the, I did not the know earliest, the story. Yeah, one of the earliest fan campaigns, like letter writing campaigns, was for the original Star Trek. Um, and so it was a very vocal group of people who sort of said, hey, this thing matters. This is about, this is showing things like diversity, equality, like the fact that it's got a mixed race, a mixed gendered crew, mm-hmm. and nobody seems to care. Like, that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, and so they really pushed. And, and people think the third season's not as good as the first two, but that's whatever. Um, and so it came back, and, and it was huge. And it was, it was never huge. It was big. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had a, a cult following, but not a worldwide sort of phenomenon following, which Star Wars did. The original Star Wars was one of the first blockbuster movies. Mm-hmm. In, that, um, in that people literally w- lined up uh, around the block to uh-huh. see, to the, see the film. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. D- and they saw it repeatedly, and they paid tons of money to go see it again. And I got to experience that when I was a kid, and they re-released the movies, and I <laughs> went... And, like, my whole family get together and we waited in line and we went to go see Star Wars, the original, like, Star Wars, when it was just called Star Wars. Yeah. 
Um, and and it had that sort of a different cultural impact from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, that is is hard to hard to fight. I mean, and that's a good thing. Like everybody likes Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like you, I mean, I'm I I am being hyperbolic a little bit there, but generally, people who don't like Star Wars, the people who haven't seen Star Wars, mm-hmm. it's a very straightforward story. Um, it's melodramatic. It's it's got wizards and knights, and they just happen to be in space, <laughs> and a strong hero, and sort of a rogue, and a princess to save. Like the original Star Wars is like a study in how to take a traditional tale mm-hmm. and tell it to the best of its ability. Like you want to talk uh, the mono myth mm-hmm. all over Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. It is um, <laughs> Joseph Campbell. Uh, did Joseph, was Joseph Campbell alive to see it? Would he have? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, let's find out when Joseph Campbell died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Help me, Internet. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Internet. Let's see if Siri can can beat you here. When did Joseph Campbell die? 1987, so he would totally Joseph have been around. So he, he, yeah, he might have seen he it. He totally would have. Yeah, he yeah. totally could have seen Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Stephen, we totally forgot to do our epigrams, which uh, oh. we get in trouble if we, don't, yes. if we don't do those right now. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, so I, I will share mine since I have it pulled up, and I'm assuming you have one uh, on the ready. Sure, Maybe. sure. Sure, sure. Um, I'm going to leave this one anonymous, but I found it on a blog while searching for links to socialism in Star Wars. Um, it's not a blog. It was a message message board from 2012. Um, and you will have to bleep this after the fact. Those of you watching live, you're going to hear me say a bad word. Hmm. Deal with it. Um, Star Wars is completely devoid of politics, since it's an action movie that is supposed to be enjoyed by little kids. The rebels are bourgeois as f**k, though, and when I realized that, I stopped liking Star Wars. Huh. I okay, okay. <laughs> um, that's, sorry, that's I, my I'm, epigram. I'm pulling up. Uh, I'm pulling up mine now. It is going slowly. Also, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I I did that because there's there's really a lack of politics in Star Wars, um, in a way that there isn't in Star Trek. Um, Star Trek throughout its various iterations has has tackled a lot of political subjects and ideas from very early on to much later and sometimes coming at it from different angles and with different sort of messages but star wars isn't about that it's like good guys bad guys good guys beat the bad guys we're done yay (laughs) so i i'm looking for this in in the abrams article i i can't Uh i can't find the the exact the exact quote but also, can't find the active video. There we go. But um, basically, I, like reading that, there was a point where J.J. Abrams says, uh, "You know, I haven't seen every episode of, of every Star Trek or every version. Of, I think he said every version of every episode of, of Star Trek." And I'm like, something weird like that. Yeah. Like you know, sort of a. There are just different episodes. Like if you want to talk versions, like the only different ones are maybe the the Menagerie and whatever like the premiere the pilots you know they're like kind of different <laughs> versions of that but uh, you know it, it just that one to me sort yeah. of spoke to this this whole idea of like oh my god we're putting this guy in charge of, of this franchise you know yeah which uh 
you know, which we maybe articulated in way more detail than was necessary back when that was first announced that like he was going to be the guy to, to do it. So, although I still um, feel like I don't know if he's the best guy to do it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's it's we, he has he has we, that has bared itself out that he was not and, and <laughs> you know it's like well told you so. Um, but this was, you know, even still like before Into Darkness came out, him saying this. Yeah, he says, so. I found the code for you. Mm -hmm. Command F. Um, well, I haven't seen every episode of every version of Star Trek series, but I'm sure there are many more places to go. So he's answering the question of, you know, oh, yeah, how can this franchise still go where no man has gone before? Uh, uh, no one has gone before? Interviewer? Well, the line Come says... Yeah, I, I know, but yes. like interviewers... Yes. You know the, and I know. Yeah. Well, to be fair... It is an interview in Playboy. Yeah. Um, which I felt a little yeah. bad, like, linking to. I'm like, eh, okay. Hmm. Um, there's, there's still some interesting things. And it's, and it's long, and that's interesting. And mm -hmm. there are apparently people who just read Playboy for the articles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard I of mean, them. It's, there's, he asked him some interesting questions and, like, his background. And, but, you know, J.J. Yeah. Abrams is a, is a filmmaker. He's not a, he's not a Trekkie. He's not a Trekker. He's not a fan. He's, he's a filmmaker. He's not a Star Warser. He, he likes making entertaining movies. And, and, and he's pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something about like... I don't think Gene Roddenberry was a filmmaker, if you know what I mean. No. You know? I, I would agree. I think, I think Gene Roddenberry would be what I would call a visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and I with, don't think with JJ the good Abrams and bad that that in, implies. Uh, so Sorry, you cut out. And and so that that's the thing is sort of like we we've reached this point of um, we're we're putting filmmakers in charge of of these because we want them to be commercially successful, right? And that's like the, yeah. the primary consideration is that they are commercially successful, entertaining films um, with just enough of you know non. Of, of things that are particular to that, um, things that are particular to the story, that rather than just particular to film and entertainment in general, to make them mm -hmm. you know not appear to be schlocky you know money grabs, but um, you know that that balance, it's 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 tip. I, I'm I'm a little bit more. I don't know. I mean, and just go for me personally. Like I, I see it as as like a a co opting of a of a set of. Um, of symbols and characters sure. in, in for a very different purpose than they were yes. originally intended. You know, <laughs> I, would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, and I, I think there's, there's a lot of evidence of that in the, uh, the, the two star Wars or star Trek movies that we've gotten from JJ Abrams, mm -hmm. um, which is not the only example of this happening. Um, there are plenty of those. Just look at all of the movies made off of 1960s to 80s sitcoms in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, from, you know, Starsky and Hutch to Bewitched to so many, so many more. Well, in a, in a um, weird way, I would also level that, that charge against George Lucas himself for the prequels. I think he, yeah, he did the same thing some, to himself, to basically. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think there's some truth to that. Um, sort of that the money first. Now, George Lucas, of course, was a brilliant man because he kept the merchandising rights to his movies. And mm. that alone was was very smart and business-like. Yeah. Um, whereas the Roddenberries have literally no control over Star Trek anymore. Mm -hmm. um, although, I guess Lucas doesn't anymore because he sold all of it uh, Did he? to Disney. 
Oh, yeah. really? Did you not hear about that? That that's like what happened right before the new movies got announced. Um, George <laughs> oh, Lucas yeah. sold I, Star I Wars were, to Disney, yeah. um, and Lucas, in in what I must deem an act of gratitude, uh, charity, like gave it all to educational causes, which is great. Wow! Like the 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 entirety of the of the sale price of of the Star Wars. Apparently, rides. yeah, he gave lots and lots of money to uh, people who needed it for educational purposes, which is great. Hmm. Um. But, like, immediately afterwards, Disney was like, new Star Wars trilogy! Yep. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. Because um, it's been 15 years since uh, Shadow... No, it hasn't been 15 years. It, it did... will, it maybe will have been 15 years, but it, it has been since 2003. Is that Phantom Clones? Menace came out? Uh, oh, Phantom Menace? I was thinking 15 years since the start of the last trilogy. Yes. Uh, 99, 98. Yeah. Yeah. 99. Yeah. Well, uh, I, so so what do you what do you hope to see? I mean, there, there's talk of, of like, okay, are they, they going to use the extended universe? Probably not. There's people that... Well, they, like, no, they've said they they're not going it. to. Um, so there are... The, the, are we going to have like a split canon with the, the movies yes. versus the... Okay. <laughs> so basically um, Abrams was, is going to do was... the same thing as Star Wars that happened in Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Um, let me see if I can find. I apologize for the typing. Yeah, no worries. Because that was, I mean, and we debated that a lot of like, okay, this this new Star Star Trek movie is very explicitly going. We're basically on a different timeline now, and this is a parallel universe, which is a very Star Trekky thing to do. And we're just, you know, these movies that are are you know purporting to be Star Trek are exploring that other vein, and they in no way impact this other timeline they can totally coexist yeah yeah there's there's definitely some some of that going on although it's it's the way it's sort of presented i'm trying to find the press release mm. but that that, um, that, that precedent does not really exist in the star wars universe there's this there's not that idea no. of, like, of parallel universes you know i mean i i'm i'm cool with it i guess but the the Star Wars canon has always been much more like the extended universe has been canon. Like, yes, the, the, the books are canon. There's a lot of canon yeah. out there. Um, now now Star Wars has had, and I think it's really interesting, sort of levels of canon, um, in the sense that movies are primary canon. Mm -hmm. Everything in the movies is always a hundred percent accurate. Um, then there's like books, um, also like Clone Wars, like the TV series. That is that is also canon, mm. um, and so anything in the in the books has always been sort of canon unless contradicted by something in the movies or the TV series at a later point in time. So, um, but uh, was there anything that that Clone Wars really contradicted in the extended universe? Not that I know of. Yeah. Not that I know of. Um, again, not being a the kind of fan who who reads Star Wars expanded universe novels, or has even watched the Clone Wars. Mm. Um, so. Well, I mean, and we can. I I, I believe you. I, I guess I've seen yeah. that other places that that Disney is not going to. <laughs> Yeah, but they're Hopefully. they're basically throwing out all of all of the established EU canon, mm -hmm. um, and and not in the same way that the new Star Trek movie did, where it was sort of like all that happened in a different timeline, different universe now. 
Um, that's how you get old Spock. Mm-hmm. But spoiler, old Spock. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's okay to spoil the new Star Trek movies. That's, okay. That's, uh, um, yeah, for our audience, that's all right. <laughs> but like nothing from the expanded universe is considered canon at all, according to sort of the new stuff. So no general um, or no no Grand Admiral Thrawn, no uh, nothing, you know, nothing. Jedi Academy. We're, we're no... back to the movies, oh, um, which is which is interesting because many th- consider the um, the Timothy Vaughn uh, or Zahn Star Wars trilogy. He wrote he wrote a trilogy of books that have been sort of considered um, the the next. Trilogy. But, well, it's like Truce and Baccarat is the first one, right? And I, that was one of the first. Uh, Heir, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command. Oh, okay, never mind then. Um, yeah. It's called the uh, the Thrawn Trilogy or the Heir to the Empire Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you, set, you get Grand Admiral Thrawn and, and all the, like the whole yes. Splinter Empire group. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hand of Thrawn was another series that came out afterwards, but they were like they were considered for a very long time sort of like the next trilogy. Hmm. Um, And a lot of people kind of expected that to influence the new movies. Well, remind Um, me, remind me a bit. So Thrawn as a character, he was, he, it was a different, a different race, right? Like he was a different. Yeah. I only know a little bit. And he had like a, he, hmm. I don't know. I, I, I read like a, a summary one time from because um, I know he's a he's a character in uh, Shadows of the Empire or Shadows yes. of the Empire pulls a little bit from that from that trilogy. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, I, I always thought like, man, that sounds like a, he sounds like a badass. Like he sounds like so much yeah. better of a villain than anything in the actual Star Wars movies. But yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a lot of kind of gnashing of teeth amongst the. Uh, what one might call the true fans that so much of that is getting there because out. we don't have a name for them they can't know <laughs> but but i think there's there's power and then there's not in the in the lack of a name right mm-hmm. you gotta um, i mean what are they the the extendies like you know the, <laughs> what, what are we gonna true fans yeah. i mean it, it's one of those really weird things because there is so much popularity um of stars and i think it's interesting because i'm thinking about this I was trying to think of another fandom that I feel falls into the same sort of, you know, everybody's a fan sort of category. And I, I came up with Harry Potter. Um, yeah, Harry they Potter don't... doesn't really have, like, it has a fandom. Like, it has a super intense fandom, um, as does Star Wars. There are some super intense Star Wars nerds out there. Um, I know some of both. But there's not like a categorization for people who are are fans of either of those works. Um, like Wizards is like mm-hmm. I think the closest you can get with Harry Potter. But um, you know, there there can also be Muggles. Like yeah, yeah, whatever. And, like, and so but Muggles are people who are not fans of Harry Potter. Are they? Oh, okay. So there you go. Like um, so yeah. Kind of, uh, so so the the fandom of Harry Potter is so expansive. That they decided to name the other as opposed to themselves. <laughs> it's just assumed you're in the fandom unless you happen to be a muggle. That that works. It's uh, it's, um, a, it's association by um, using the exclusion set yeah, or whatever. It, and yeah. it does. 
Um, but that's because there's there's way more of those. You know, mm-hmm. Star Trek has been a very niche thing, and and always probably will be. Like, there's definitely the people there who there. Same thing with like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. There are people who don't get it, and that's okay. It's not for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rift Tracks and Cinematic Titanic and all those other things along with yeah, it. Yeah, but they, they don't really. There's not a name for those fandoms either. Like the the followers uh, of Misty's. the MST. Misty's. Oh, Misty's. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, they got a name. Sorry. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Misty's. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and it's funny because they're still called Misty's even after like you're into Rift Tracks and Cinematic Titanic. They're still Misty's. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, so re- regardless, like, okay, so Disney's. Uh-huh. New, you know, new, new canon, whatever. Yeah, um, it's going to make a lot of people angry. Like you'll split the experiences or whatever, and so uh-huh. then we'll start having, you know, the the, uh, you know, the Disney timeline or whatever. We're going to get the Abrams timeline. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I was, I was always, I, I, so I've taken a dive into Wikipedia. Sure. Wiki, Wiki. It's such a scary website. Yep. Um, a, a few cl- times with a clever name. <laughs> Very much so, um, which which does a great job of of, um, of combining all of the histories from all of the canon. So yes, can, like into it's, a, it's I mean, I read the timeline of the Star Wars universe alone is incredibly interesting and detailed, and is is a great articulation of how like a gal- galactic colonization and. Um, interspeciation and interstellar travel can can you know evolve over tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, you know, and that that is one of the things that really I think appeals about the Star Wars universe is this. It, it was it was my first sort of encounter with with the idea of of atemporality, of sort mm-hmm. of you know in the past things were better, <laughs> you know. And, you know, it's like, wait, wait, what? You know, that, that like, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of technological design could lie 2,000 years in the past. And, like, certain parts of the galaxy could have access to these things and the others. And it's like, this is a way better articulation of how things actually work in the world. <laughs> than, or would work, maybe. It's like, once you start working on galactic time and space scales mm-hmm. you you get that possibility for for truly separate separate worlds that can occasionally communicate with each other but it it was a way of like kind of recreating the state of the world um pre pre-globalization right sure you know it, it, it harkened back to that time when like the separation between continents meant that you know a, an entire civilization could evolve without the precedence of of another. Yeah. You know that that they wouldn't even be aware of another way of doing something or a crucial piece of technology that could completely change their lives. Um, that and that was that was very very appealing. So I mean, and, and granted, like I'm sure J.J. Abrams is not going to you know say anything about the Rakatan or the Rakatan or however you say it. I don't know. Um, the, you know the the ancients. You know, and, and isn't he's not gonna. I, I would hope he doesn't bring anything as like universe changing as the um, uh, the scourge or whatever the scar. What are they? Again, that, you're, that come you're in? apparently more knowledgeable on this than I am. You, you have <laughs> tested my well, limits and I have failed. Um, like there's sort of you know he can only rewrite so much in three movies. Yes. And and there the you know the entirety of the expanded universe is still going to be able to touch time scales and concepts that that he will never be able to in in you know in a hundred movies. So it's 
you know, this little bomb of, of different canon is not going to, it's not going to make <laughs> that much of an impact, I think. on the, It's not going to make those other works disappear. Right, right. Or, or, you know, invalidate at all the, everything that has grown up around them in the minds of the fans. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, you know. Which, the, is, which I think is a very positive way of looking at it. So, yay. Yay. Well, I, it's, what, what, the new Star Wars movie is out in, what, 2015? Six seventeen. Uh, end of so, this year, I think. End of this is year. It's supposed to be happening. No, uh, no, it's going to be the next. Let's ask the internet. You I think it's Siriana's next year. Google, because they just announced the cast and they're like doing read-throughs, and I'm sure it's still in pre-production. So, I'm sure it's next year. I feel like I read somewhere that said December. There is no way it is out this December. Uh, summer 2015. Okay. Yeah, and it'll probably slip to winter 2015, I would imagine. I don't know. Um, I mean, Star Wars is a summer movie. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it's Disney, so they'll, they'll make sure that it, it hits that deadline. Yeah. Is it, is it a little bit weird that Disney's going to be owning, like, so many of the major tentpole films, with all the Marvel stuff and all the Star Wars stuff? Well, uh, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it because it allows... It allows things like, uh, you know, mash, truly true mashup stuff to exist, you know, where you can just, um, like, the, I loved the Lego movie and, and, like, all the things they were able to get rights to. I know that's not Disney, but it's, like, yeah. it's another example of, like, once you, if you can get rights to, like, all these superheroes, you know, all this, you know, DC universe and also all of the Lego stuff, like, you just, you have this incredible tool yeah. set to pull from. And now, it's also worth pointing out that they did that way back when with Roger Rabbit and, and managed to pull it off successfully. Sure. And, um, I mean, without games like, um, it, it allows works like Kingdom Hearts to exist, whereas, you know, some guy yeah. can come in and just be like, I can use anything in the Disney, in the Disney set, you know, <laughs> and the Disney set just keeps getting bigger. And in it's that like, play set. <laughs> like, imagine mashups between, like, you know, Mickey Mouse with a lightsaber, you know, like, that, that kind of stuff is going to happen. Um, and, and maybe Disney. and now it's canon. And now you have to accept it. <laughs> yeah, I don't Mickey know, Mouse but, is a Jedi, right? But like, so Disney Disney owns a good set of a good chunk of the Marvel stuff too. All of it. Oh, Disney owns Marvel. <laughs> so you could you could potentially have have a. <laughs> you could have Mickey could Mouse have... dressed up as Wolverine, holding a lightsaber, and it's official and it's canon. <laughs> yeah. And you have to deal with it. So you seem a little bit bitter about this. <laughs> well, it's it's not so much. It's it's a little bit that. It's a little bit that. You know, it's sort of this. This Disney has done a lot of things with copyright that are a problem, mm. um, and them owning more and more copyrights does not make me happier. Yeah, because it, like it them, does bring a lot more things under their umbrella that will never be accessible to anybody else. Yes, yeah. um, and so Disney with or Mickey Mouse with the lightsaber existed before Disney bought Star Wars. Hmm. Like someone came up with that and drew it and put it on a Deviant Art page, um, but now they're going to get in trouble for it even more so than they would have before, mm. um, potentially. Um, so it it. And not necessarily that that person on DeviantArt is going to get in trouble for it, because that's going to be overlooked. Um, but there's this this sort of monopolization of media where these big tentpole things are owned by bigger and bigger companies, and there's less 
focus perhaps on sm- some of the smaller, more independent, interesting things. Um, the weirdos, the crazy ones. Hmm. Um, because the thing is, no matter what these new Star Wars movies will be, they will be safe. Oh, yeah. They're not going to... Like um, even, maybe that's why like something like a Grand Admiral Thrawn wouldn't be in them. Like he's just maybe yeah, he's a pretty dramatic, interesting character, and that just wouldn't do for a broad audience. You know, it's, it's going to be tough. Guy. No, it's going to be. It would be yeah. tough. We mm-hmm. want we want easy and accessible because we don't want it to fail. Mm-hmm. They can't let it fail, <laughs> um, and it won't. But. Mm. You know, where's well, where's I, the weirdos and the crazy ones? In in that way, it makes me it makes me like more more like like grateful, I guess, is is because yeah, maybe maybe the evolution won't happen in in the Star Wars vector, but it means that things it, it encourages filmmakers and, and creators who want to who do want to disrupt, maybe not to do it with so much with the existing syntax. You know, they they will be sort of encouraged to do. The uh, film equivalent of neologisms, you know, things like um, yeah, I, I, things like Christopher Nolan doing, you know, Inception, like doing original IP, like creating uh, Spike Jones doing doing brilliant works like Her, um, mm-hmm. you know, Wes Anderson doing his thing because you know Wes Anderson's like. <laughs> I, I can pull from all of history. Like yeah. you know, your 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 limited character set does not interest me. You know, like that that sort yeah. of a thing. Minor digression. Did you see the uh, the VFX reel for um, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel? No, I did not watch it. Um, I found it impressive. As someone who doesn't really like Wes Anderson movies, I found it very impressive. Um, because it's there's a ton of VFX in that movie and you didn't know it. Hmm. I. I um, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I just I'll promise you that. Hmm. Um, if you can find the link to that, we will include that in the in the show notes. Uh, yeah. I totally can. But I mean, you know, continuing on that thread, I guess, like, you know, yeah, Disney. Disney can pull more and more and more and more and more and more things. Uh, Disney can to to. Um, to borrow a phrase, sorry, Disney. Um, I'm I'm going to paraphrase it, maybe so that you don't sue me. You know, the the more you, the tighter you clasp your fist, Lord Vader, the <laughs> the, the more creative works will slip through your fingers. Um, I, I, I don't know, like like that idea of just you know, the more you try to control the thing. The, the more it mm-hmm. will, will get out there and, and get away from you. And I mean, so far, Disney has done a, a pretty good job of, of cracking down on any, any illegal uses of their stuff. But it's like, once, once you look at Nintendo, for instance, I think Nintendo is, uh-huh. is like Disney in, in, in the future. You get um, <laughs> you know, the, the cannibalization becomes yeah the, the, the cannibalization just gets ridiculous after a certain point and i think i think maybe nintendo is a good example of like when you don't have enough uh, ip diversity it's almost like incestuous or, or like you, your genetic yeah. pool is not diverse enough so maybe disney is trying to avoid that by like you know co-opting enough that you will have enough genetic diversity in the creative recombinations but i i you know i i, I still don't think that 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 the that the creative works alone and the characters and the symbols that they've accumulated are enough to to continue to um, 
to adapt it, you know, quickly enough to any, all the new things that, that could possibly occur in our society, you know, to, to create and, relevant stories. I think stories. you're right with that. I, I just wish that they spent maybe a, a single percent of what they spent on Star Wars towards something new we've never seen before. Hmm. Well, they they do. Maybe so they, they own they own studios. I I mean, I I am uh, trying to I'm struggling to think of examples, but I know, I know they they have significant stakes in other film studios that are doing original works. But that's like their R and D. You know, that's like yeah. <laughs> you know, if something is successful there, they're going to pull it into the mothership at some point. You know, that's that's true. But but like uh, I I guess to. To continue this the thought, like scary. Just go look at uh, list of assets owned by Disney. Oh, is this also something um, you put in the in the chat? I have now. Okay. Um, there we go. So, so Walt they... Disney Studios, Lucasfilm, Disney Music, Disney Theatrical, Disney Studio, uh, Disneyland Parks, Disneyland Media, ABC, A and E, ABC Family, ABC owned television stations group, which and. Has a bunch of local networks, mm. Disney channels, ESPN. Oh yeah, that's right. All of that, uh, Marvel Which, Entertainment. Th- all of that. Oh man. Uh. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, they used to own Power Rangers, but they apparently sold it. Um. Yeah. I want to say there was there was something else, um, some some other movie studio that they owned, but I'm I don't know. Um, they own a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. So, but but uh, I guess to, I've thought of a of a better uh, analogy, I guess, or a better metaphor. Yeah. Actually, just like so, the, the the whole rise of superhero comics, from what I understand, and maybe you've articulated this before, was like out of a out of a realization that that there were kinds of stories that needed telling, or that could only. That, that may be required or, or that, that necessitated the, the creation of new kinds of characters, new kinds of scenarios. And, like, and the, the comic book, as it, as it evolved, the, the superhero comic, um, was a way of, of doing that. And, I mean, it was, it was a truly, it, it was, there wasn't really, like, you, you weren't just rehashing Greek mythology necessarily. Like, in a way, these, were, these are kind of gods, but they're not, you know, and that idea of the fatal flaws to them and, and all that like it was it was creating a new sort of yeah. character type I, I you know and maybe we we still need to do that at some point and disney won't be able to just you know mash up a few of their existing characters into that kind of thing that will be relevant in the like you know some of the works that cory doctorow is doing with his you know in, in, for instance but i don't know maybe you have a better example to give there i know i think i think there's i think yes i think we will get new interesting things still um, this is not where, at all where I expected this conversation to end up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, although it's, it's still germane, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> we're still on the thread, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're on topic, which is not always the case. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely, I feel like um, there's, there's sort of a democratization of film that's happened over, I would say, the last 20 to 30 years um, that exists... But it's also sort of equivalent to the democratization of the web, which is ending thanks to neutrality. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't have that for much longer. Uh, no. But, you know, part of, part of that comes with, like, anybody can make a movie. That, that 
exists. We've reached that threshold. I made a movie once where I sat in a chair for 24 hours. It was not any good, but I made it mm -hmm. because I could. Um, and I still have all the footage someday, and actually one day I'll edit it into, a, into something resembling a film. But there's a difference between everybody being able to make something and everybody being able to get something seen. Mm. Um, and I think that's where I want to see stuff change and stuff happen. And for a long time, I was really hoping it was the web. Um, we'll see how that works out. Um, if you've, have you heard of uh, VHX? Uh, yeah. It's something I discovered relatively recently. Some friends that, that um, I met here in town created a, a film called Bet Ray's Fold. That was a, they made a documentary yeah, you've, about... you've told me about that. Yeah, about the, the poker scene and then, like the rise of online poker mm -hmm. and the bust and all that. And they distributed that through VHX. And, you know, things like Patreon, yeah. like going direct um, to, to an audience... At the same time, mm -hmm. I still I say the word Patreon in you know a general crowd, and, and nine people out of ten are like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, but you you tell them like, um, "Oh, I saw it on ABC," and they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Was, was, yeah. Well, you know, and the thing is, they nine? probably did too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they you know we what I don't I don't know what Marvel's Agents of Shields has been getting in ratings, um, but more people have seen that. Then we'll ever see Bill the Galactic Hero, which is a movie that got kickstarted about a year and a half ago. Um, that's based on a very classic sci-fi novel directed by Alex Cox, who is like the director of, among other things, um, Repo Man, a Repo Man, like some some great work. Um, but he shot it on the University of Colorado with students of University of Colorado. Um, in black and white on film because he can. Yeah, well, and, um, and I mean obscure stuff like that. It's you know we we're this this is a reference to a, to a discussion um, the physics opera. Yeah. Like the, yeah. so the the sort of Kevin and I saw this this uh, this theatrical production a, a few weeks ago that that's it, it is so obscure in its in its topic and in its content and in its references that very 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 few people in the world will even begin to understand what the artist is doing with the work and that you know fine that that's like maybe the the extreme over here if star wars is on is on the opposite end right <laughs> like you you yeah. create a thing that that is that is so particular so niche that you know no one will get it so is there like a goldilocks zone for content that isn't disney that isn't generic that isn't you know watered down but is also you know, rich and relevant enough, and and I, I think, think our our lives is, is trying to find a lot of like you and I. I think a lot of our aesthetic is trying to find that that Goldilocks yeah. range for what we consume. You know, yes is the short answer. There is one, but I think it has dropped over time, um, mainly because hmm. of like the Disneyfication. Um, so. What what do you there, what there what has dropped? Like the the amount of of those things in the Goldilocks zone that are in that more people find or or what that, that yeah. are being that are being created or that are being discovered like you're getting your niche and you're getting your your big blockbusters uh, but i think there's less happening in that middle realm hmm. um if, if we're so so it's that whole long tail analogy like the graph has gone sort of yes. from this or, or by the analogy earlier it's gone from this to this <laughs> and this goes like to infinity <laughs> and this goes yeah. to like infinity this way yeah so you have the, you have like a really you have a cliff face instead of a mountain <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah 
No, I, I think, and that's that's the tricky thing is is it's, you know, the long tail, I think, is a lot smaller than people think it is. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, if, in a weird way, I'm sorry, but like, in, and I'm only associating this because of the shape of the graph. But in a weird way, it mirrors the income disparity that we're also starting to see. Yeah, <laughs> a very uh, apropos discussion. So when you posted that in the uh, the notes, but yes, I didn't. I didn't really intend to segue back to that, but. <laughs> it, but it does kind of mirror that. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, like like you um, know, people sort of um, you know, we'll we'll bring up the niche as a counterexample, and and everyone always brings up themselves as an anecdote when when they talk about income disparity. It's like, well, I'm doing fine, you know, you know, and I and I have just you know, why aren't you giving you know a percentage of your income? Why are you requiring the rich to? And it's just like, it, it's sort of. You know, you think you're you're comparing. I don't like, think you understand how rich people some people are. Exactly, I think that's the thing. It's like we we look at Disney. And it's like I don't think I really even appreciate. Like one Disney is like ten billion guilds, you know, or something like that. You know, yeah, like I, I can't I can't comprehend what a you know what those people have um, <laughs> yeah. in terms of assets and and flexibility and they live in a different world than i do well you um, you kind of hit it on it with the and i mean I, we're not basing these on actual market numbers but just sort of trying to no. come to grips with the, the difference that the entire market for uh youtube is is like the equivalent of like thursday night broadcast on television or yeah. something or it's like yeah. one game of nfl football you know <laughs> so like the, you know the, the difference in these in these market sizes is mm -hmm. tremendous well, i mean you, like, you look at like what what is your total if you don't mind my asking like total lifetime views for your videos on youtube almost seven million almost seven million mm -hmm. um over 10 years yeah uh no over like five i mean i had almost none pre 2009 okay. so okay yeah. so you blew up okay so if I have seven million over five years um that that would have gotten anything canceled on network television yeah except community <laughs> um <laughs> well and, and like you, you um, mentioned agents of shield it's like you know one one the audience of one episode of agents of shield is is more than any exactly that more than a, a thousand youtube creators in their lifetime uh -huh. you know that that's like that that's the difference in these media and, and uh and agents of shield isn't even that that great or successful of a, of a no, show, you know, it, like it's, Game it's, of Thrones, it's mediocre. Like the, the utter, the utter crushing ubiquity of Game of Thrones in the zeitgeist right now is remarkable. And like, like for HBO to not have spent a significant portion of their budget upgrading their servers before the the premiere of, of the season four, where they they were <laughs> crashing, it's like, I'm yeah. sorry, HBO. Do you have any idea? how what sort of power you are working with here like what you have on your hands like you, this is not just did. an internet thing this is this is a huge thing that deserves a crap ton of money and yet hbo is thinking in terms of like television like well but our broadcast is doing fine it's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, no 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 like this is yeah but but that's that maybe is not a great example because it transcends the the two markets but mm -hmm. like the ability for for yeah, like what is what is the middle ground content? We have red versus blue, but you know that we we don't have what what was middle ground content before Kevin? What is what is the Goldilocks stuff that we're missing? Um, it's it's hard to say. Um, things that come to mind are 
um, in the TV realm, Cheers is always kind of the classic example. Mm-hmm. Um, Seinfeld? Cheers should have... Hmm? Seinfeld was huge. Seinfeld, Seinfeld was huge. Uh, Cheers, though, grew over time. It's one of the really few shows that did, um, where it got bigger for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Most shows start big and will maintain or drop over time. Um, Cheers grew immensely in its second season Mm. um, and probably should have gotten cancelled based on the numbers of its first season Um, but then there's also so many like you don't see movies made 60 million dollars or 40 million dollars oh yeah 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 you either see them made for 60,000 or or like 300 million (laughs) that that sort of thing Um, you know Veronica Mars was made with what 3 million dollars which is which is considered super low budget but you're not seeing like with maybe the exception of Woody Allen, because he apparently still makes movies, mm. um, those sort of middle-of-the-range movies. You do still get middle-of-the-range TV, I feel. Um, you know, pick anything on NBC <laughs> on a given night. Um, but those those middle-of-the-range movies, you definitely... They maybe still exist, but they don't have a chance to become a runaway success. Well, so, or so to grow. They're kind of I, I want to step, step back a little bit from this thread because I think I think we're 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 having trouble getting examples here. But like, what what are we sort of talking about? I think we're we're talking in terms of control mechanisms again, right? Like the okay. the over and I think in in the economic example and in the in the in the film example, like the the top one percent, right? In terms of in terms of media creation and in terms of, yeah. of economics. Are able to 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 create like the overtones for for society, right? Like you know, okay. the movies the movies that come out are controlling you know what's in what's in the public vernacular, right? Like if you're if you're not watching Game of Thrones, you're some you're like excluded somehow, right? If you're not seeing the Marvel movies, if you're not catching the new Star Wars, if you're not catching the new Star Trek, like you're out of it somehow. You're out of you're out of the norm. Um, at the same time, you know, the, the, the top 1% of income controllers are controlling, like, global trade and where, you know, how policy is made in, in countries throughout the world, right? So you have, you have a media plutocracy and a, an economic plutocracy that maybe actually are more interrelated than we would yeah, like to admit. But, like, I, you know... I wouldn't expect those to be unrelated. No, <laughs> for sure. But let's, you know, assume that these are analogous cases. And I mean, the, you know, correlation doesn't imply causation and all that. But it's an interesting correlation, is it not? It is. Um, that, that sort of... That idea of, like, okay, if the people that are controlling the overtones are not creating terribly creative overtones or not uh, at least allowing the space for their own disruption... That that's somehow bad, right? That that, and this is this gets back to one of Unger's things. It's just like the system is not allowing itself to be criticized, and you know, mm-hmm. the, the, if Disney just keeps retreading, if Nintendo keeps retreading, if they just keep recycling the same things again and again and again and again and again, it's it is that idea of you get maybe maybe it, it is the genetic analogy is the best one where you get mutations <laughs> because of you know a lack of genetic diversity. Yeah, like there's something inherent to life that needs extinction events every I now and again. I something about this interestingly. In um, I don't know if you read Five Thirty Eight at all. Oh uh, no, um, they've they've expanded recently. They used to be like a very strictly political blog, but they kind of do statistics on everything now. Um, this is this is Five Thirty Eight is uh, the same guy who predicted the 
Obama win by like ninety percent. Yeah, Nate Nate Silver. Um, he wrote he wrote um, Nate Silver. Yeah, the signal and noise, which I need to reread. It's a great book. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, so it's, it's his blog, but he's also got like a team now. Um, but there were there was a really interesting article about the fact that racehorses have stopped getting faster. Huh. Um, for like fifty years, racehorses have stopped getting faster. Um, and one of the things he kind of points to in this article is that all racehorses are thoroughbreds and like 80% of them can track their genes back to a single horse. Oh. So because of that, you're sort of dealing with this like very, li very limited gene pool. Um, so there is very little chance for mutation or chance for new things to happen. And so we've sort of hit this peak time for what, how fast a horse can run in these circumstances. Hmm um that maybe wouldn't happen if there were more interbreeding and more opportunities for weird things to happen but because only thoroughbreds are raced because that because they're like that's the big thing is they're thoroughbreds they have these impeccable histories and you know patronages and all that sort of stuff going back into time so i wonder if we're not hitting something like that where all the movies kind of feel the same yeah um, all our media franchises are thoroughbred yeah uh I like that analogy. That's a good one. I think we're yeah. Uh, so so what's the solution then, right? Like once you this, this happened with with uh, with with the monarchy, right? Like they would bring bastard yeah, children into the line, right? Like <laughs> you would just you would go, or you you would you would have to marry like you know a very different thing. It would be like like Disney would have to bring in something something. Something very strange to itself, right? Like, or yeah. it would need it would need a major component replaced by something very, very like. So, so um, Epic Mickey, I was very, very excited about. It's okay. some of the initial concept art that was done for it because it it looked to be a like disruptive reimagining of sort of the, the dark realm of fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, in the, in the way that Fantasia explored you know, some of like the, the darker kind of psychedelic, you know, consequences of just, you know, letting your imagination run wild. Epic Mickey was a way of like, you know, sort of going, going at those, those very dark concepts and bringing those into, in, you know, letting the characters sort of grapple with these, almost like a, like a growing up process. And, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean could have done a little bit of that, but again, you know, it's sort of, the, it was, it was marginalized, it was brought back, it was made safer before release and, and was, you know, all the interesting components were sort of distilled out of it, um, and and that that uh, or filtered out. So, yeah, I'm wondering what what is the equivalent in, in media? <laughs> how do you how do you I don't know add uh, diversity to the to the stop, gene pool? Stop going to Transformers movies. I think that's the that's the key. Yeah, but if I mean, if these things are so refined, like if pop songs, for instance, are so refined that they could they. Mm -hmm. They are tapping into something biological, right? Like something we can't control. We're just compelled to go to a Transformers movie because it, 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 it the spectacle. I am, I am not compelled to go to a Transformers movie. <laughs> well, maybe so. Maybe Transformers is a little bit of a failure, <laughs> but like in a yeah. lot of ways, the new Star Trek movie, you know, and it's not Michael Bay, but like that, you know, same sort of elements of just like lots of explosions and blah, blah, blah you know, just sort of confusing you into yes. thinking like this is so yes. spectacular. Like it, it's. Well, it is spectacular. It is full of spectacle, yeah. and very little. Just else. like gravity, you know, this is what we're talking about with gravity. It's like yes, vi this yeah. is visually 
crazy interesting, but that's like distracting from the fact that it's kind of a mediocre film, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, if someone uh, were to read the, the book adaptation of Gravity, it wouldn't be very good. Mm. But uh, has someone has someone written that? I'm curious. Do what? Gravity novelization. I'm just curious if anybody's written the uh, novelization oh, of I'm Gravity. I'm sure that's been done. Uh, doesn't doesn't look like it exists. Okay. Which I'm I'm okay with. <laughs> well, you know what's what's a fun thing to think about here, Kevin is is like what what you know what what has Disney? I'm sure because I'm sure Disney has realized this too. That that's like part of that this this is a threat to them, and that I'm sure mm -hmm. they brought in, you know, the most expensive consultants money can buy, in in the realms of biology and engineering and systems theory and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> to ensure yes, their because who else would they bring in? Right. Well, you know, long, to ensure their own long term survival, because this really, in, in many ways, you know, you might it might behoove them to look in places other than where you would imagine for ideas on how to to survive um and they they have the uh they certainly have the funds to do so so it, it you know i i guess i'm wondering what my fear is here but it's like yeah even the 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 more successful they are the more um possible it is for them to maintain their their success mm -hmm. and um, i think they will i don't think disney's going anywhere mm-hmm um, barring like, Are we going to have them a hundred years from now? It's just going to be really weird. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised mm. um, with with the power they have. I mean, barring like massive earth-shattering changes in the world, um, which could totally happen in a hundred years, mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't surprise me if they were still around in uh, 2114. And we'll be on like Star Wars 21 by that time. They'll be... Hundred years, a new trilogy every fifteen. There'd be a lot of Star Wars by then. Yeah. Um. There's got to be something, something different. I think there already yeah. is. There already is. We're we're not. But but what what worries me that I, I'm sorry, I, this is my last point. We're, okay. We'll wrap up the episode. What what worries me is the thing that you kind of hinted at about the internet. It's like we sort of glimpsed that this could have been it, right? Like this yeah. could have this could have been the thing. Yep. And and the old the old world killed Aaron Schwartz. Yep. And uh, net neutrality along with him. Mm -hmm. And that that like we we with all our distributed media and all our long tails and all of our Apache and open source weren't able to we don't have the purse strings yeah we just we just didn't have the money power gall money and power i think those, those are the same thing mm -hmm. in this case to to overcome and uh yeah i'm still coming to grips with that <laughs> it'll it'll have a long tail mm -hmm. it'll have a lot of effects far-reaching so you know maybe, maybe like 50 years from now we'll see We'll see the dream of, of the internet actually come about. You know, maybe it'll take like another generation growing up within it to to take it as far as. Uh, Unless they grow up within it as it's going to be, and uh, don't see a need for change. Yeah, don't see the potential for it to be other than what it was. Because how we uh, how we interact uh, changes how we think. Um, which one of the uh, things I put in the uh, chat there is a link to a short uh, novella I've been reading. 
um, about that very thing. Um, so, you know, check it out. About mm. the, uh, the, kind of the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis? I don't know what that is, but probably. The, uh, like the language that we use uh, articulates the thoughts and concepts we're able to have? Um, I would say the language that we use shapes the thoughts that we yeah, have. Yeah, that's that. I think that's a better better way of putting it. Yeah, but that's but yes, that's yeah. that's very much in the in the uh, the novella or novelette. I don't know what we call it. Yeah, um, it's called the truth of fact and the truth of feeling. Um, it is up for a Hugo this year, um, and I am actually voting in the Hugos, so I have been uh, making my way through all of those. Wow. Oh. All right. Well, so. I'll, I will. We'll check it out. We'll put it in the show notes and. Take from there. Well, well, we started on good. we started on Star Wars and got got back to the kind of depressing topic of the plutocracy <laughs> again, which I think I think we're both satisfied by that. I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. You know, it's yeah. it's where we ended up. Yeah, this is, you know this was it was good though. Like we we've got a good yeah. trilogy going here. I, I don't know how we're we're gonna conclude it before the next rule change, but um, yeah. Uh, in, we'll figure that out when we get there. I know one thing that will be different after, uh, after or with the next episode, I'll have. You'll have been to uh, Poland. Yeah, I'll have been to Poland. I am. I am flying to Poland for a sign language concert, and uh, at, right after this, I'm going to be rehearsing a bit more for for that. Cool. Recording a video. Um, you wanna you wanna give a, uh, a hint as to any new songs you might be performing to those of us who are. Uh, Big fans of Bad Philosophy and Stephen doing ASO. Yeah, um, I will be, I will be glossing and recording, or well, I'll be, I've glossed. Sorry, I'll be performing five new songs. Uh, two of them are are relatively particular to this this audience. Uh, one by a Polish group. One, uh, Wind of Change by Scorpions, which is uh, like okay. an early '90s rock song kind of about the fall of the berlin wall and uh, um a few a few other a few other new ones um, okay it's a mandrew bird one is there gonna be a uh, recording of it do you know that'll end up on the YouTube? i books? am i am 90 percent sure it will be uh it will be video recorded uh, i cool i don't know what the quality will be or anything like that but uh yeah it'll probably exist. i mean look at the history of dance that thing's got terrible quality everybody watches it yeah yeah no kidding um so kevin do you have anything to mention coming up in the near future? Uh, no. Um, no. I, I don't have anything to mention in the near future. Oh. Um, vote for the Hugos. 40 bucks gets you a sustaining membership, which allows you to vote on them this year and uh, participate in the uh, nominations and voting next year. Okay. And if you buy it, if you get one this year, um, you get to own the entirety of the Wheel, Wheel of Time because it's up for best novel. All right. So that's a thing that I'm, I've got that in my head a lot. Well, um, yeah. I've, and, of course, follow us on, on the interwebs while they yes. still exist. In the usual places. Yes, in the usual places. Badphilosophy.com, Twitter.com, slash badphilosophy, S-Torrents, at Kevsond. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining me once again. Always happy. Yay. And uh, I'm Stephen Torrance. So you are. We will see you next time on Bad Philosophy. This is like one of those movies where there's funny things happening in the background the whole time and we just ignore them.
Badphilosophy.com. Woo, caffeine. <laughs>